friends know me as Mari. Thank you so much for tuning into the Golden Petals podcast. The purpose of the Golden Petals podcast is to create a space where a variety of topics can be discussed openly in a positive environment. Today we will be discussing domestic violence. It is a topic that does not receive enough awareness it is not an easy subject and requires both compassion and understanding. According to newhope.org, one in four women will experience domestic violence during her lifetime. The same number, one in four, is also experienced by members of the LGBTQ community. Domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women, more than car accidents, muggings, and rapes combined. Every year, one in three women who is a victim of homicide is murdered by her current or former partner. These numbers are always closer than they may seem. My name is Marie. I am the creator of the Golden Petals podcast, and I am a survivor of domestic violence. When I was in college, my ex-boyfriend began to hit me after him and I moved in together. A lot of friends and some family are learning this right along with listeners. Only a small handful of people close to me knew about this. It is not something I open up about often. For a long time, I felt embarrassed that I had gone through something like this. It was a very painful and difficult experience in my life. Joining me on the discussion of this topic is a close friend of mine, Jocelyn, who will be sharing her story as well, and our very best friend, Mrs. Daphne Kathy Burnside, with her master's in social work, who was a pillar in our support as we navigated through this chapter in our lives. Ladies. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Um, I definitely appreciate it. I know it's not an easy subject to discuss. I'm glad we could make it. Glad we could make it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, yes. So before we dive into things, I just want to illuminate that abuse is not limited to just physical harm. There are many forms of abuse, such as emotional, mental, and spiritual abuse. 
Here are some terms to put a word to the behavior abusers and manipulators typically exhibit. Gaslighting, minimizing, and the silent treatment. Gaslighting is false information presented with the intention of making victims doubt their own memory, perception, and sanity. Minimizing is a control tactic used to cause self-doubt by downplaying the event. It is deceptively designed to manipulate a victim to feeling irrational. An example of a minimizing phrase is, you're overreacting, it was not that bad. The silent treatment is a form of punishment or control designed to cause harm by making the victim feel powerless, invisible, insignificant and non-existent so Jocelyn for you when did you know something was wrong okay this is a little tough but take your time I definitely noticed things were just not the way it should be um, when I was covering my face with makeup the, after the first two times, you know, we we fought. I downplayed it. Um, it didn't leave any any marks. So I'm like, okay, you know, it it was he just pushed me, mm -hmm. you know, or he just roughly grabbed my arm, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it wasn't until we near death driving. Mm -hmm. I'm a passenger. He's driving on the wrong side of the road yeah. at high speed, threatening to kill us. And I have a child in the back seat. Mm -hmm. I just knew, you know, it more it was enough. Right. You know when enough is enough. Yeah. Um we also have a very close friend of ours named Emily. Uh, who recently divorced her abuser. Uh, she could not be here today. She is a teacher and she did have to um, do tutoring with the student, but she did answer these same questions. And so these are Emily's words, not mine, but her answer to the following question of when did she know something was wrong was this. Emily states, Ultimately, I had a feeling that something was wrong from when we first started dating. My friends and family also knew something was wrong, but like many abusers, they play this perfect game to hook their victims. Through all the gushy love, he slowly turned me against my family and showed me all the amazing things that he can do in my life and made me believe I needed him. It wasn't until after we were married, bought a house, and I became a mom to his two kids and established this life when the verbal abuse turned physical. But even then, he suffered from PTSD and I excused the abuse because of that. That's um, the end of Emily's answer to this question. For me, I knew something was wrong when I was walking around our apartment with bruises. Um, looking in the mirror and seeing the bruises on me, that was hard. Um, sometimes I would have to miss school because my neck hurt so much from getting choked out 
and it would hurt to talk or move and I'm not talking 50 shades of gray, kinky, in the bedroom, choked out. I'm talking my feet are dangling from the ground. I cannot breathe. My vision is getting blurry and things are starting to get dark, choked out. I felt like I was walking on eggshells. He would get upset and catch an attitude very easily. So I was constantly having to make sure I didn't say or do anything that upset him. He was quick to be critical or get angry about something, then blame it on someone else. He would take my phone, my wallet, and my car keys, and he would hide them so I couldn't leave. It was mentally draining and emotionally depleting. Oftentimes, I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience, and I was watching my life from a movie perspective. I had a hard time wrapping my brain around the fact that this was happening to me. Um, so, Jocelyn, for the times that you did stay, what reasons kept you? I thought it was love, you know. I stayed thinking he'll change or if we we had a, a conversation about it and, and kept talking about the same subject, you know, but at the time I'm thinking, okay, well, we talking about it again, so this time it should work, you know, mm -hmm. just having, yeah. having hope that yes. it'll, it'll work this time and um, just two years into the relationship when we did make child um, love I wanted that family right. you know the mom and dad pop child mm -hmm. you know I just I, I always envision myself having that and um, it definitely made me continue to to try right yeah that's definitely understandable. Right. Um, Emily, her answer to the reasons that she had stayed, she said, I stayed because he was great at apologies and making me feel like things would be better. We had great honeymoon phases between the eggshells and incidents. I stayed because in the midst of it all, he attempted suicide and was going into residential treatment according to him i was the cause but i was exactly what he needed to get well so i stayed as long as he promised to get the treatment he needed i also stayed because i loved his children like my own and i felt obligated to be there for them and protect them there were many times i made the choice to stay so the reasons could continue to go on um and that's emily's answer my answer, I know oftentimes women in this situation here, if it was so bad, why did you stay? Mm -hmm. And simply put, at that time, I loved him. I felt an obligation to help him. I knew underneath all that anger was hurt and pain that was misdirected and his spirit was suffering. 
I saw beyond when he would get physical and I saw that that stemmed from a place of pain and trauma that he had endured and experienced. I never justified what he did because right is right and wrong is wrong. How he treated me was wrong and there's no excuse for it. I'm just saying I understood. Um, I felt like who is going to help him if I don't help him? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I stayed as long as I did because I wanted us to get back to the good. When it was good, it was it's great. great. And then when it was bad, it was ugly. Mm-hmm. There was an extreme on both ends. And I think I held on because I wanted to get back to that good place consistently. Where I played a role in this was allowing him to treat me that way. Because at the end of the day, no matter how many heart-to-heart conversations I had with him, no matter how many times I explained in multiple ways that I was not okay with this and I wanted better from him, I would still stay. Me staying spoke louder than any conversation did. And I went along with the roller coaster of, okay, he's trying here. Oh, wait, he's slipping back up. Oh, wait, he's doing good again. And I stayed longer than I should have. I thought it would get better. I hoped it would get better. I prayed it would get better, but it didn't. So I had to accept the fact that the bad outweighed the good and reevaluate that situation. I think. Oh, go ahead, love. Okay, I just want to um, speak on just my perspective as a friend. Um, of these two victims specifically well three victims emily included i think that during this process you guys um and not just you guys but women all over fall in love with moments and fall in love with these temporary experiences with the the one that you love and i feel like those moments disappear and so you have to kind of just look at the whole and the reality of the situation and that is hard when you are in love you know you you want this family like you 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 want this experience and then you're looking long term so you're not looking in a moment you're like i'm going to get through this so we can you know have that fairy tale ending like this is how and a lot of people think that's what love is and it's like you have to you have to really have experienced that out of body experience to kind of look from look at your situation and know this is not okay like i definitely have to change my reality for myself and then for my children for my future existence in life like you have to you 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 have to change your everyday because you like you said you have these conversations day in and day out Mm -hmm. and you think that that's another chance and another chance and another chance and it's just it's just very difficult and then again speaking from my perspective um just to all of the um the support of victims that go through domestic violence my biggest advice that i could give to that community and that population is just to be there because they're going through this and that journey is very very individual individualized and you don't want to taint that relationship so i would just say just to be there and i in my experience um witnessing all this whole process um with my friends is just that 
you you do see changes you see them making excuses you see the distance you know the isolation um and it's embarrassing mm -hmm. and that's a lot of that's why women don't and i also think that um that women stay too because of the available support that they do have you mm -hmm. know that you have that friend that's one for, you know one phone call away you know you have that dad that that brother that cousin that can make stuff make make <laughs> make things change if, <laughs> if you real quick I yes. know, <laughs> you know it's one one phone call away but you're in the mindset of trying to protect because yeah. that's 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 yeah. the love like that's you're trying to protect but okay i can get on a tangent but you can keep going <laughs> it's all good it's all good um jocelyn when did you know it was time to leave when did i know it was time to go <laughs> maybe because by this time i received all the proof i needed you know um it was no longer just uh, a physical or mental abuse. Um, it, 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 it super succeeded that. And mm -hmm. um, I was on my own a lot. Like, I was isolated. Mm -hmm. And um, it was almost as if I wasn't in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I warmed up, you know. I, I, could, I could be on my own. I could raise my child by myself. You can do bad all, all by, by yourself. Okay, <laughs> two times. Say <laughs> that. And I, I, I sure, I kicked all his stuff to the curb. And I just, um, I kind of became empowered. Yes. And, and took over my, and took my life back over. So. You reclaimed your power. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. True queen, true queen. <laughs> Let me fix that crap. Fix that crap, honey. <laughs> fix it because it never fell off. You just, sometimes we got to step back Adjust. and readjust it. Yes. That's all. Yeah. Um, Emily's response to when she knew it was time to leave she says, after getting glass stuck in my back, attacked to the ground, put into chokeholds where I didn't know if I would survive, hiding in rooms where doors were broken in. I processed with my counselor that this was not only PTSD, but it was domestic violence. I won't ever forget the day she told me those words and the sickness I felt knowing that I was stuck in this cycle. I have only heard horror stories about. At that point, we talked safety plans and getting my ducks in a row, but I didn't know how I could stomach leaving. It wasn't until my last summer when my five-year-old daughter expressed concern to my mom that she is afraid when she hears noises at night, that she is afraid her stepdad was going to shoot mommy. That I knew I did not deserve this life, but more so my daughter did not deserve to live her life in fear. At this point, my safety plan turned to an action plan. I knew I had to go, but I still didn't know how. One night we were fighting, and before you know it, he sexually assaulted me while beating, choking, and slapping the life out of me. When he released me, I just cried, sobbed. He held me and told me how sorry he is, but at that moment, all of the broken pieces that were left of me stopped loving him. I kept all of this a secret for a few weeks while I processed it with my therapist, and she told me that wasn't sex, that was rape. I finally opened up to a few friends shortly after, and together we got my daughter and myself out of the hell there. 
Emily, we are very proud of you. Mm-hmm. Good for you for getting yes. out of that situation. Yes. None of this it's is easy. Yep, it's a blessing because none of it is easy to endure and not every woman gets to say that she made it out. Right. Um, when I knew it was time to leave, I left more than once. Um, it was a buildup for me. On average, a woman leaves seven times before she leaves for good. I left twice. Uh, The first time I got a restraining order, I dropped the restraining order. I fell for the, I'm sorry, I'm going to change. It won't happen again. I love you. I just don't know how to love you. When I went back, I saw how much that affected and hurt my family. My grandparents, my dad, my mom, Daphne, everyone had this worried look on their face every time they saw me. I saw my dad trying to stay strong and support me, but I know that it hurt him that I was in this kind of situation. I am forever grateful for my family and their unconditional love and support, especially my dad. When I first told him what I was going through, he drove from Chicago to Aurora in 30 minutes. He got there so fast. Um, He was listening to me. I was crying. I was canceling the water bill. I was taking the water bill out my name. It was the first time I left. And Um, He got there so fast and he was listening to me. He was giving me advice, but not pressuring me. Um, He works for a not-for-profit organization and he's had to deal with situations like mine before. Um, And he said to me, only you can decide when you've had enough. Whether you go back or you stay gone, Whichever way you go, I will go with you. Either way, there is nothing you cannot tell me, and you do not have to go through any of this alone. You can come to me for whatever, no judgment. I need to give a shout out to my dad. Dad, thank you for your unconditional love and support because I know that this was not easy for you either. Um, when, my, when I decided to go back, my dad said, okay, he understands. Um, but before I moved back into the apartment, he needed to have a sit down and have a talk with him. Mm-hmm. So my dad had a talk with him. My uncle on my mom's side had a talk with him. And after months of being moved back in the apartment, I thought things were going better. I will give credit where credit is due. He was trying. And then there was a night he got angry and he threw me on the stairs. The way our apartment was set up, when you first walked in, right in front of you there were stairs. To the right was our living room, a bathroom, the kitchen, kitchen, washer and dryer. And then going up the stairs, there was a break in the stairs and to the right was a bathroom, the guest room. And then if you kept going up the stairs, it led to a loft, which was our room. Um, We were by the bathroom. He got angry. He picked me up. He threw me on the stairs. 
and he threw me so hard when the back of my head hit the stairs I felt the wood underneath the carpet on the stairs um, he hit me was calling me out my name and in my gut I knew in the long run we were not going to work out and that I could not stay in this situation it was just like another reminder he doesn't respect me he doesn't respect my family who had talked to him about this when they could have and wanted to handle the situation completely differently but out of respect for me and my wishes not to go that route they chose not to handle the situation that way um and it was just like not only did you go back to you know on your word to me when you promised not to hit me again you went back on your word as a man to my dad my uncle and my family i did not tell my dad my uncle or the boys from squad about that incident after i went back because i knew i would not be able to hold them back from handling it their way um and that's not the route that i wanted it to go i can only hold my people back so much and i know i asked a lot out of everyone not to react how they initially wanted to react when they found out what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And then him twisting things, he would have probably told a whole other version of a story, gotten his people involved, and it just did not need to get any messier than what it already was. Um, but anyway, the strap that broke the camel's back and sped up this process of me leaving was an incident that took place when his mom came to live with us for a little bit. There was a day he and I had gotten into an argument over something so stupid. And she went upstairs into her room. She closed the door. He was heated. I was heated. I go upstairs to the bathroom, which was right next to the room his mom was staying in. I close and I lock the door. That was a habit of mine to try and de-escalate the situation because I could tell when he would get physical. So there were multiple times I would hide in the bathroom and pray that in that time from him going downstairs to upstairs, he would really think about what he was doing and not do it. And there were so many times I cried and prayed on that bathroom floor with this heavy pain in my heart asking God why I'm going through this. I would say, God, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm a good woman. I don't understand why this is happening. God really sustained me during all of this because in the midst of all that chaos, I felt God's presence, love, and strength clothing me. The only area of my life that remained intact was spiritually. And I know that is because of the divine strength, not my own. I was mentally drained, emotionally drained, physically drained, but spiritually, God gracefully kept me and I do not take that for granted. I still went to church almost, if not every Sunday, and God would really speak to me in those sermons and that would sustain me. I had a good relationship with God before this situation, but this really strengthened my faith to a whole other level because that was all I had. Um, I had so many conversations with God on that bathroom floor and sometimes locking myself in the bathroom worked. Sometimes he would leave me alone. 
and sometimes he will bust the door down and it will get physical this particular incident he bust the door down and his mom was there she came out the room and was like that's enough leave her alone but the fact that he was gonna get physical with me in his mom's presence let me know just how deep it was and that I needed to get out and I think I felt some hope when his mom came to stay with us that healing would take place things would get better but that wasn't the case so when it came time to renew the lease I told him I wasn't gonna do it and I moved out into my own apartment and that was the beginning of a new chapter for me I began to put the pieces of my life back together, healing, going to the beat of my own drum, and creating a vibe and peace for myself. And I declared that anyone who wants to be a part of my life will have to flow or add to the vibe I have going on, not take away from it. So about nine or ten months passed since I had moved out of our apartment. We did not link in that span of time. He reached out again, wanting to try. And deep down, a part of me was hoping he had taken that time to really reevaluate things and get it together. So he wanted to try again, and I told him, let's try being friends first. We did not officially get back together, but that summer we did spend some more time together. And at first it was nice. Then, little by little, I saw those same habits creeping back. Those characteristics were still there. And I knew I was done in my bones and in my core when we were having dinner one night at Red Lobster. He was celebrating his promotion at work. And I just vividly remember sitting there, listening to him speak. And there was no substance in the conversation. It was all about him. And when I brought that up, the whole mood changed. Mm -hmm. Dinner ended early. He was upset, offended. Called out. We rode in silence back to his apartment. And the silence was tense. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a peaceful quiet. Mm -hmm. We get to his apartment and he was on his phone, mad silent and I had seen this movie before mm. I thought to myself I don't have to be here I literally do not have to be here I am not enjoying myself mm -hmm. and I do not have an obligation to stay I would rather be in my peaceful apartment enjoying that peaceful vibe that I found and created as a routine I already know how his mood swings work and I don't care to continue to participate in this pattern. So I thanked him for dinner and I told him I was going home. He did not like that I was leaving and he tried to get me to stay, but his energy already said everything his words could never cover. My absence should not be a requirement or a threat for you to act right. He followed me to my car. I told him we tried being friends and that was not working. So I go home, he's blowing up my phone with calls, text messages, I ignore it. I'm in my apartment, I have my candles lit, I have my PJs on, I'm sitting on my couch relaxing. 
Then he shows up to my apartment uninvited. Started buzzing my doorbell like crazy, yelling my name, calling my phone, and that confirmed even further in my core and in my bones that I was absolutely done with him. It was that possessiveness, that disregard for my boundaries. And I vividly remember I took a deep breath and I look around my peaceful apartment and I see how his energy is attempting to interfere with mine. I hear the buzz of my phone and the loud repetitive Yes. behavior. Impulsive behavior. And, um, and he's calling my name outside and I realize him and I are not compatible. No matter how much time passes, we are not going to work out. And it was time to close that door for good. Yes. Um, that was the summer of 2017. He called me in October of 2017 to apologize for everything. He asked I forgive him. I told him I've been forgave him and I'm not holding him or anything. And I meant that. I asked him not to call me again because I meant it when I previously said I think it would be best if we stayed our separate ways. For a little bit, he respected that. Then a few moments after that, he started texting me, FaceTiming me back to back, calling me back to back, and I'm talking like five FaceTimes back to back. I'm not answering. I'm getting so many question marks about why I'm not answering his calls. Um, I ignored his texts. He was already blocked on all forms of social media. Um, and at that point, I had also blocked him. After all of those texts and FaceTimes, I did not respond and I had blocked him on the phone as well. He's been blocked on everything for over a year and I have no intention of removing those blocks. You can accept someone's apology and wish them the best without accepting them back into your life. Mm. Mm. So, Jocelyn, how would you describe your healing journey thus far? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in love. Yes. <laughs> um, not the healing though. It's been it's been real. Um, I just kind of started focusing on me more and yes. um and now that I know where I'm headed and you know where where I'm like where I'm going this this whole this new role for me yes. um yeah it's, it's I can't even stop smiling right now like <laughs> um but it's you just you just want to give it uh I just I want to say you want to have faith um definitely get out Mm -hmm. And uh, and trust yourself. Trust trust that that inner self. You know, you, you always talk to yourself. Right. You know, and and it's like before something happens, you see it coming. Mm -hmm. It's like just feel those vibes and go with it because it's 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 better. When they say the grass is green on the other side, it really is. It is. And, you know, you see hills and valleys and, and sun flowers, sunshine. It's just wonderful. The sky is a vibrant blue. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm one of those. Okay. 
day. <laughs> love all day. Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. There is beauty. The glow is the lifestyle. It's a big lifestyle change. It's a yeah. big lifestyle change. Yes. So, you guys, you ladies, definitely. I know guys go through it too. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want nobody hitting on you all. Um, right. Get out. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. Be with someone who knows how to keep them their hands to themselves, how to be kind with their words, mm-hmm. be gentle in the way that they speak with you. Definitely. Definitely. Emily said um, for her healing journey, this is what she had to say. Today, my daughter and I have been free of that life for eight months. And I am so grateful for opening up and letting people in to help me see how twisted the life I was living was. I still struggle with being touched or letting someone in, but turning to those in my life has been the best thing in the world. These situations destroy your self-worth and self-value, but that does not mean you aren't worthy or valued. So whether it is a therapist, friend, family, domestic violence outreach program, allow someone to help you remember that worth. It's okay if you aren't ready to leave, but start with talking about it as a first step. Many people don't get to it before it's too late. Um, my answer to this question Nothing could have prepared me for what I endured or had to overcome to heal through this chapter in my life's journey. When your life and your safety is put in jeopardy by the hands of someone you love, you start to look at life and the world differently. It's a deeper kind of cut like to the core when this happens. So in the process of healing, I moved out of our apartment and got my own. Um, My family wanted me to come home right away, but I didn't need to be alone. I had went through a lot of deep hurt, and I needed to heal from that in deep solitude, and I did. Having my own apartment was liberating because it was a space that was truly mine. I could do what I wanted to do, when I wanted, how I wanted, and it felt so beautiful. I felt like I could finally breathe again. I started going out again. I wore what I wanted to wear, ate what I wanted to eat. I listened to music I wanted to listen to and was free of criticisms. To live in a space where I did not have to shrink myself was so liberating. I went through heartbreak and all the waves of emotions that come with that and that's why I wanted to be alone. No one knew the extent of what I had just went through. So for me and the way I'm set up, because healing is different for every person. It's a very individual journey. Um, And so for me and my journey, I needed solitude so I could heal in peace. I experienced every stage of heartbreak and grief. Um, Sometimes I would just cry heavily for what I had been through, processed things my mental had suppressed in the rush of survival. I processed my experiences, my emotions, and identified and grew through them. I'm not gonna lie, I drank heavily that year and a half. Um, I wanted to numb the pain. It was a surge of a lot of intense emotions at the same time. I felt hurt that someone I love treated me that way. I felt hurt it didn't work out or have a happier ending than what I was hoping for, what I had endured all of that for. I felt angry 
that I gave and gave in a situation where I received little in return. I battled with bitterness because I didn't understand how I could do so much and end up with what felt like so little. I felt grateful that I was out of that situation and had another chance at life. I was anxious because I was starting over and I was excited for what the future held. So many different emotions, memories and goals at the same time. Um, I didn't want to be alone, but I knew I needed to be alone um, so I could properly heal before loving someone again. I knew the love I wanted would require for me to do some deep reflecting and healing to be in a space to truly be ready to receive and give at that level. I know it's not uncommon for people to hop right into another relationship so they don't have to be alone. And there's no judgment. I just didn't want to do that because I wanted, I needed time to grow from what I had been through and heal what was in me so I wouldn't attract the same situation but with a different person. Um, some days were easier than others, but there is power in being alone and learning deeper levels of yourself. And I know how scary and how hard it is when you feel small and you have to start something new on your own because I had to rebuild myself from what felt like nothing. Um, I looked at everything. I looked at everything from my childhood to my adolescence and young adulthood, releasing all those lower vibrations, retraining thought patterns, and asking God to heal what was in me that had attracted a situation like that in the first place. Because I did not want to attract anything like that ever again. Um, you know, and healing is different for everyone. I did start to cater to myself more. I started going back to the gym um, my ex used to not like it when I went to the gym because he didn't want other men trying to holler at me. Um, so the year I went back to him and the year I had my own apartment, that was the biggest I ever was in my life. So when I started to take care of myself again, um, not just mentally and emotionally, but physically, you know, I started eating healthy, going to the gym. I lost 65 pounds. I'm back to my pre-toxic relationship weight. I love meditating. Meditating is my favorite. It is so spiritual and calming. Um, writing is therapeutic. I started writing poetry again. Um, talking, talk to people around you, whoever it is, right. whether it's a friend, a family member, mm -hmm. talk. talk. You gotta get it out, yes. Talk, you gotta get it out, you gotta get it out. Um, but more importantly, prayer got me through it. If there is anyone who can transcend pain into power, it is the divine. I talk to God. I talk to God like he is my friend. And I tell him everything. I was very clear about where I was and where I wanted to be. I surrendered the situation to him, my heart to him, and my life. I allowed him to guide my intuition as I put the pieces of my life back together and God has been so so good to me and I am forever grateful Jocelyn <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm gonna ask huh. what has love been like for you this time around 
awesome. It's great. It's, it's even better than, than before. Um, I don't know if it's because of who I'm dating. Right. It's not someone brand new. Um, definitely an icon in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but, Her um, smile, though. It's, yeah, it's great. And we already have a future established and talking about forever and ever. So, y'all. <laughs> oh, look at the look on her face. I'm going to get a rock soon. Okay. <laughs> Claim that. Speak it into existence. Yes, yes. That glow says everything. Oh, thanks. That glow says it all, honey. <laughs> I would say for me, love this time has been beautiful. I took two years of being single to heal, reflect, rediscover, and recreate myself and grow. I'm still growing because growth is everlasting. Um, I redrew my boundaries, expectations, and standards. And I know doing these things put me in alignment with my higher self. And that allowed the universe to put me in alignment with the person I'm supposed to be with. My man now, his spirit speaks the same language as mine. He respects me. He treats me right. I don't feel like I have to shrink myself with him. I appreciate so many things about him and our bond. But I think one of the things I love the most is that I'm free to be myself with him. Mm -hmm. He, <laughs> it, don't it feel good? He does. And I sound like he's saying, he's like, why you keep saying that? And I'm like, because Cause it's, it's true. true. Like, I can just be myself. And that peace that that brings. Oh my God. Because you're not camouflaging nothing. It's, nothing. Yeah. It's a natural thing. Yes. yes. <laughs> him and I will laugh until my sides hurt and I feel like I can tell him absolutely anything like I feel safe with him that's not just my man that is my role and my friend mm -hmm. and I'm so so thankful for him had I not let go of an unhealthy love I would not know exists. what a good yeah. love feels like. And I just want to add something for both of y'all. You can literally say you did everything. Everything to make those past relationships work. And it didn't. You you did everything. You can't. Remember I told you guys both in this process. Like you can't. I don't want to say half step. I'm like, I'm watching y'all. I'm assessing y'all from the therapeutic perspective. But it's like. I knew that y'all was okay and y'all were going through a process, but I didn't want you guys to go, I'm not saying to those extremes, but so it won't be no back and forth. You, Yeah, you have experienced back and forth, but it wasn't five years here, no. five years that, look, we still in our 20s and right. you still, you know what I mean? Like women spend their half Decades. of their life doing this and yes. you can know that I gave it my all because that's that was your character yeah okay and your your ex's characters did not match mm -hmm. and i look at that all the time because people can have all types of mental disorders all types of craziness and they blood and they background generation at the generation it's curses in that it's, right. and then 
but at the end of the day it's just you have to you have to look at that person's character Absolutely. because character overrides everything, everything. It yeah. does. and if that character is off then it's just a wrap yeah. so you just have to kind of look at that because you 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 give these these men and fellas you give these women these excuses Mm-hmm. Excuse it. Well, I mean, their their mom and him and his mom's relationship wasn't that great, and this is the result. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, he really didn't have that great of a childhood, a great, you know, this upbringing. And you want to be that. I mean, women, we're just nurturers. You want to be that healing for them, right. but they have to go through that alone. With with like some people, you go you go through gaps in times of separation. Right, and you have to go through that because you both have to heal, right. and so, yeah. and it wasn't meant at that specific time. Right. No, definitely no. in my experience as well. It just wasn't right <laughs> <laughs> before the missus. Before the missus, she's got the ring now, so it was meant. Right, right, but you have to allow that time because right. if you don't, yeah, you're gonna get the same results. Is exactly. what I'm saying because you that that healing is personal. Very right. personal. Yeah. And it's different for And everyone. allow it to be. You yes. know what I mean? Like, you can be that support, but you can't... You gotta let him do that by himself. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, you... That's not your job. You're not the mom. That's not... That's not your role. Like... Right. So... What, I'm so proud of y'all. Oh, thank, thank you. you. What, what words of wisdom... And, Daph, this is open to you, too. For real. Um, What words of wisdom can you give to those who are dealing with this situation? It's time to go. (laughs) She meant that. She Mm. was she was joking, but she meant it. I would just say definitely trust yourself. Um, Those gut feelings, those self talks are real, Mm -hmm. and um, the I mean. You have all types of crazy dreams. The it's just that trust trust yourself. Yeah. There's nobody who knows you and your situation better than you. You can talk to a friend. You can talk to a therapist. Um, Me for my spiritual um, the spiritual aspect. Like I mean, I can talk to God about it. But I'm saying just really, really trust yourself and act on it. Because those feelings are real. Agree. Those feelings are real. You can tell your story to all these types of people and f- get all these type of perspectives, but you know you and trust that and go with that. So. Exactly. Don't let it get too late. Like don't wait until it's too late. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times uh, we are we are already laying in the hospital bed. You yeah. know, and. Yeah. And two times before then, it's like, I knew that was the last time mm-hmm. I should have left then, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like, as far as my words of wisdom, I want to say, like, follow. Just follow yourself. Trust yourself as well. Um, but, you know, when your mom, you at school, you a toddler, and you come home or your teacher called your mom because another kid hit you. Mm-hmm. And they come home and they'll say, Oh, you know, you ain't supposed to hit you. Why you let that child hit you like that? Mm-hmm. Or the mom coming to the school to talk to that child's parent. Right. You know, what are you teaching them at home? Why mm-hmm. you, you know, right. they keep their hands to themselves as kids, yes. you know? 
So think of it as a as an adult and you being in this relationship and they putting their hands on you. You know that's not right, mm-hmm. right? So it's like just just talk to yourself. Um, right is right, wrong is wrong. You better. Everyone is better than that. And um, yeah, love. L O V E is the answer. Yes. <laughs> I would say you can, and I said this earlier, but I will reiterate with a lot of love. You can accept a person's apology and wish them the absolute best on their journey without accepting them back into your life. You are not responsible for helping other people navigate through their demons and their journey. You do not have an obligation to wait on people to get it together. Mm-hmm. And if they do seem to get it together, you do not have an obligation to give them another chance. Mm-hmm. Right. What words of encouragement would you ladies give to those who are dealing with this situation? Use your support resources like within the community if you don't want to if you're too like embarrassed to go to a friend a mom a dad a sibling um use there's resources out here for you to reach out to and it it could be all anonymous you don't have to go to you don't have to go to the extremes of doing like inpatient you could do like outpatient and just go and talk to someone that had that extended support so i would just say use your support because you definitely need it and i think those extreme and very unfortunate endings that support was cut off mm-hmm. and that's the whole goal yes. for the person who is doing the abuse exactly so i would just say definitely use that support because i mean the available support and if you don't have that like personal support i'm saying like friends or family definitely use the resources in the community because mm-hmm. it's there for a reason and it's okay i mean they have so many um um extensions of resources out there if you don't want to go physically and talk to someone you can reach out online yes. through an app they through... have domestic hotlines yeah so and use that and that's talking and that's therapy yes. and it's it's very it's very therapeutic and healing to to talk and to have that support because you kind of think that you're you're facing this stuff alone and you're not so that's what i would encourage the people going through it right now emily her words of encouragement to those who are still dealing with the situation she said you are not alone there are free services available to help you get out and no matter what you are told or blamed for it is never your fault i know oftentimes in this situation at the end of a horrible temper tantrum for some reason whatever reason we it's our fault that's what we're told Mm -hmm. so emily thank you so much for saying that um and i will reiterate that you are not alone you are not alone you are stronger than your circumstance you are stronger than your circumstance you are stronger than your circumstance and you have a right to create a better life for yourself. Mm-hmm. Anything else you beautiful ladies want to add? 
just getting the help is so important because the bruises heal the scratches heal even breaking a bone it's gonna take more time but that's gonna still heal but that psychological and that emotional even sometimes spiritual abuse because it, it could go it could go very deep um that takes that takes longer to heal and sometimes a lifetime sometimes you have to literally you know go to a professional for the rest of your life because mm -hmm. of the scars that were created mentally and psychologically and i don't want you to think i don't want that to scare you that part in your journey but definitely use these resources oh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. all right well before we wrap up i have not one but two poems that i wrote the first poem doesn't have a title, um, but here it is. Today, I cried tears of joy and gratitude for the times I wept while in bondage. I have been released from the grips of toxicity and planted in the soil of rebirth. I have been and continue on the journey of recreating myself, the journey of peace, forgiveness, and spiritual wealth. Like Tupac once put it, I am the rose who grew from concrete. I look death in the face and watch God place me back on my feet. Love did not break me. Love saved me from someone who didn't know what love is. Love saved me from someone who was broken and in their brokenness tried to break me. The anger, the rage, the pain, all that belonged to him, I understood. Queens love deep, and I experienced what was beyond my threshold, and still there I stood. Until limits became a factor, and I grew to understand I could no longer remain or you would continue to break me with your bare hands. I tried to release you from your chains, but in doing so became captive myself. But like Lauren Hill, I get out of all your boxes. I released myself from these chains. I ran into strength, grace, and peace along the way. I let them build me up and ask them to go and find you. Today, I cry tears of joy because the smoke is gone and I can see. My heart is mending and I can finally breathe. Today, I cry tears of joy and happiness because I am free. Wow. <laughs> we snapping if y'all can. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, that was good. Okay, this is the second poem. It's called Rewritten. I remember being in a completely different space than I'm in today. Gratitude to the Most High for His grace in this life journey. I can smile now because I've seen the calm after the storm. I can smile now because where life once shriveled, flowers in a garden have formed. I remember feeling drained to a point where I didn't recognize myself. Crying for a love you weren't capable of giving me. Wishing I was good enough for you to want to do better. I looked your demons in the face and didn't run. I believed all the lies in your love letters. I believed in you. The walls in our home burned with your rage, incinerating every crevice and boiling the tears that flooded the floors. I had to grow to understand that you didn't want to be saved. I had to grow to understand that you were content in a space my spirit couldn't exist. 
I used to wish I could be perfect for you So you could love me the way I crave to be loved I used to pour immensely into you Hoping one day you would pour back into me I gave and gave until I was empty And I had to grow to understand you would not do the same for me I had to grow to understand you would always choose yourself and your impulses I had to grow to understand you not choosing me wasn't a reflection of what I bring to the table and began to accept my losses. I had to grow to understand the difference between being understanding and being foolish. I had to grow to understand the more I allowed you to take advantage, the more you would continue to take what I give for granted. I had to grow to understand all the imperfections and perfections in the world would never be enough to please you. I had to grow to understand, I had to grow. I don't wanna wait until the next lifetime to receive and give the kind of love I desire. I had to let you go. I stopped fighting for us, for you, and started fighting for me. Started pouring back into me. I cleansed myself from trying to be good enough for you and refocused on remembering how to be good enough for me. The days became brighter as all confusion turned to clarity. I had to rebuild, regenerate, and renew in deeper ways than what the eyes can see. I had to fight to not become bitter. I refused to block any good things that are meant to be. In time, I became content on my own and realized I am all I need to feel complete. I hope you find your way. I hope your journey doesn't keep love, happiness, and peace astray. Wishing you the best from afar. We both know there are too many reasons I can't stay. Now I filter who I give my love to and how much they receive. Selective with whom I invest energy into and make sure I too always remain a priority. Love is a superpower, not a source of pain. Love is supposed to build you up and bring you peace, not cause chaos or make you feel insane. Love is to be appreciated. Love flourishes most when it is reciprocated. Love is warm and light. Love is secure. Love is beautiful. Gratitude to the Most High for His grace in this life journey. I can smile now because what I thought would kill me was the catalyst to flourish and I have been reborn. I can smile now because I've seen the calm after the storm. I can smile now because where heartbreak once existed, love has been rewritten in a much higher magical form. And that's that piece. <laughs> Thank wow. you so much for taking the time to listen. This certainly is not an easy topic and is one that should be approached with compassion and understanding. Jocelyn, Daphne, Queens, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. Yes, of no course. Problem. Appreciate it. Okay. You already know. <laughs> to my cherished listeners, if no one has told you yet today, you are an amazing human being. Wishing love and light to everyone on their journey. Feel free to check us out on Instagram under Golden Petals Podcast. Facebook, we're also under Golden Petals. Or on SoundCloud, Golden Petals 111. Thank you again. Until next time. <laughs>